Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Invite Pastor Don up to give us the first message of 2021. How are you this morning? Thank you. Happy New Year. Is it a happy new year? Are we happy? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. It's a good song, yeah? If you're happy and you know it, stamp your feet. Ooh, we're going to... Anyways, I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me. Don't ask me why. You know, I have no clue why. I'm really, really excited. Uh, these, those songs the, from the very beginning, from the promise uh, uh, that... Uh, Pastor Dave read, and from the, the songs, it is already spoken, uh, my message. And uh, so I hope that you have heard what the Spirit of God is saying to us today. I'm excited. Uh, I'm also excited to, to be back. And uh, just so you know, I know Dave already said it, uh, really looking forward to Ignite, uh, where we're coming together and worshiping God together. And again, we're putting everything on kind of the website, so if you want to sign up for things, go to the website, should be ready today or tomorrow, yes, I'm getting the high sign that it's done today, and so you can sign up for things, and uh, we have to do this, it's just part of the protocol, uh, so signing up is a good thing, it allows us to contact you should anything happen, but nothing has happened, and that's good, amen. So we're looking forward to just growing every week in, in the number of people that, can, that are allowed to come. All of that stuff is here. But check it out. Make sure you go to the website. Sign up early. Sign up often. Actually, you only have to sign up once. But uh, yeah, sign up. Anyways, so, uh, you know, I'm, I, if you know anything about me, I'm not a big, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I, like, I, I don't, I don't. You know, all right, it's New Year's. Am I supposed to preach a New Year's message? It is good to pray about, like, kind of a focus for the year and things. And so I do that. Um, and so actually, as I was praying and as I was kind of seeking, say, God, what should we concentrate on this year? Uh, the, the, the mission, our mission just kind of came back in my mind. And uh, our mission is people, setting people free, right? Setting people free. How about if we do that this year? We set people free. How does that sound? We set them free from disease. We set them free from worry. We set them free from doubt. We set them free from hell. We set them free. How, how does that sound for a, for a mission? That sounds like a good mission to me. And I think that's what we're going to concentrate on. As a matter of fact, I know that's what we're going to concentrate on. And from that, I began to kind of put together this series that I'll be uh, sharing. And actually, it kind of is going to start now and will have different focuses, but it goes almost all the way to Easter. That same theme, you'll see it throughout. Uh, and, and that is setting people free. And I want to just say it this way. God's glory sets the world free. God's glory sets the world free. And, and I, I want to just read a scripture verse to you, kind of where it kind of comes from and all we'll talk about today and next week and yeah, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll get somewhere, but we're going to be talking about these things. It's out of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, says this. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. Do you sit? Like what it says, unveiled faces, like opened and like contemplate, meaning you just kind of, have you ever seen, uh, it's like this. Have you ever uh, gone to an art museum? I, I love art. I, I was, when I was in uh, Florence, I went to a lot of the museums and, and the, the only reason why I didn't spend longer with them is the guys I was with, they didn't like to contemplate on, on art. I love to do that. I love to just sit in front of it and just stare at it and look at all the different parts of it. That's what this is talking about. You sit with unveiled faces, meaning God has opened up the veil and you can sit and just look at God's glory, his gloriousness. You can just contemplate on that. You need to do more of that. And so it says with, with, we contemplate the Lord's glory, our being, because as we contemplate, as we stare, as we uh, meditate upon his glory, it says we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Or some versions say transforming us from glory to glory. From glory to glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So what we want to do is we want to ever-increase in this glory we want to be transformed from glory to glory what that's saying is we're ever being transformed into the image of god who is what filled with glory and grace so as we're being transformed from glory to glory we are being transformed and we become more filled with light and grace how's that sound doesn't that sound freeing it sounds freeing to me because it says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, what does freedom mean? I really want to kind of share what freedom, or let's say, let me say it this way first. This is what Jesus has done, okay? And I quote from uh, uh, somewhere where I was reading. I can't remember where it was, but it's not my quote. I'll just read it. Uh, it says that when Christ says he sets us free, basically what he's done is he's placed us in a state of freedom so that we can be free. I want you to hear that again. He placed us in a state of freedom so that we can be free. So like he takes us, he picks us up, and he puts us into a place and says, now you can be free. Over there you couldn't be free. Now you can be free. So they're in a place of freedom. Be free. Doesn't mean you will be free. Like, doesn't mean you'll act like a free person. Doesn't mean you'll do the things that free people do. But you're at least in a place where now you can be free. That's what Jesus does for us. Can I say it this way? The rest is, in a, in a sense, up to us. It's like, I've done everything I can for you. I've given you everything you need. I've poured in my spirit everything. Now be free. Are you free today? You can say, yes, I'm in, a, I'm in a place of freedom. I didn't say that. Yes, I know you're in a place of freedom. When you're in Christ, you're in a place of freedom. But are you walking as free people? That's an interesting thought. And, uh, and so what does freedom mean? Freedom means the power to act or speak or think as one without hindrances or restraint. 
Complete, people that are free, there is no, they don't have any hindrances. This is why I love children. I, you know, if you really want to learn about parents, talk to the kids. Like when they're about five or six years old. They will tell you all about their parents. Things that the parents don't want you to know, they will tell you. Why? Because they have no restraint. They have no thought, you know. My mommy and daddy, we, they fight. My daddy calls my mommy this, you know. They'll say it because they don't know that they're not supposed to say it. Why? Because they're free. They have no restraint, no hindrances. You know, like, I, I mean, I know our granddaughter. I mean, sometimes we're, we're in a place and all of a sudden she just starts screaming. You know, it's like, shh, shh. she doesn't know. She's in a place of freedom. Do you know you're in that place and you can be free? Now, what do we do with that freedom? How we act is a whole other question, and we're going to talk about that. It says, it says in, the, in the Word, it says that, God, that the Lord wants us to be ever-increasing in glory. He wants His glory, His presence to be displayed more and more in our lives. First John, uh, John chapter 1 says, in verse 14, it says, The Word of God became flesh and made His dwelling place among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from God full of grace and truth. We sang that. He's full of grace and truth. And he now is what? In us. And so we are, in, we are, we are glory carriers. God has called us and given us a responsibility to be glory carriers. You, it says we what? We carry about this treasure in earth vessels of clay. We have we, you, you carry the glory of God around with you. And as I said at the beginning, His glory will set the world free. The glory within you, as it comes out of you, as it begins to shine, can set the world free. We're going to talk about how. I'm going to, I want to just share um, two very simple thoughts with you about how to increase in glory, to walk, let me say it this way, I want to say it this way, to walk in maturity in the freedom that you've been given. In maturity. Because like, for example, my, my granddaughter screaming in a place, she has freedom, but screaming isn't really mature. She's free. She has no restraints. Uh, but maybe that's not the way we're supposed to act or use our freedom. That's why the Bible says, it says this. It, the Bible actually, I'm, I'm, now I'm just talking to anybody out there. The Bible actually says this, okay? It says this. All things are permissible. All things. All things are permissible, meaning you are completely free to do whatever you want. But not everything is profitable. I love that verse. All things are permissible, but I will, be, I will not be mastered by any. That's the other part it says. So you are completely free to do whatever you want. Does that mean I'm free to sin? Yes! But not all things are profitable. Not all things will display the glory of God that's in you. 
And God doesn't want us to diminish the glory that's in us. He wants us to what? Increase in that glory so that we're glory carriers because His glory will set the world free. So yes, you're in a place of complete and total. By His grace, you are in a place of complete and total freedom. Once you were a slave, now you are free. But don't use your freedom in a way that's not profitable. That's what maturity is. So I'm going to skip a few things since I see I'm, I'm never going to get through everything. I, that's okay. We'll go to it next week. Don't worry. I could spend four hours on this. You want me to stay for four hours? You guys interested in? You say yes, but your body and your stomach say no. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so I just want to share two, two principles today that will help you walk in the freedom in maturity. Uh, help you walk in a place where you will ever increase in that glory that God has already placed in you. That's what I want to talk about today. And the first thing comes from our spiritual staycation that we had uh, several weeks ago. I have still, for those that were there, I'm still... Uh, chewing on it. I'm still eating it. I'm still enjoying the things that we learned uh, just for being there for two days. God really just really spoke to me. And the first one is this. This will help you to ever increase in glory. This first one. This will help you to walk in maturity in the freedom, in true freedom, in, true, in, a, in a true mature way. And that is eating in the presence, eating, feasting, celebrating, partying in the presence of your enemy. Let me say this again. The way to walk in freedom, in maturity, is feasting, celebrating, celebrating, rejoicing, having peace in the presence of the very one who wants to destroy you. I love that. It comes from Psalm uh, 23. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We often pray this all the time. Lord, you know, take away this, this problem. Lord, take away this weakness. Paul prayed that. Remember Paul prayed that? He said, I prayed three times that God, you would take away this. But then what does he say? He says, your grace, your glory, that's what grace is. Grace is glory. It's all the same. Is sufficient. For I am made perfect. I am made perfect in my weakness. I'm going to explain that in a minute. I'm going to, but I want to stay on this idea for a minute. So, like, I just don't want to get ahead of myself. Okay. When, when we hear a truth, here's, here's what happens. So, so, so how do we increase? How do we do this? How do we, how do we eat in the presence of our enemies? Okay? Uh, how do we do this? All right? Well, the first thing is we don't worry about our enemy. If you've been sitting 
praying all this time, Lord God, take this away. Stop. Stop doing that. Okay, I'm going to show you a better way. I'm not saying you shouldn't. God, I mean, hey, God wants to take away this stomach. That's fine with me. God, take away this stomach. It's a big problem. <laughs> you know, or I have weaknesses. Uh, well, my wife doesn't think I have any weaknesses. I appreciate that. But, you know, I do have weaknesses. And, uh, you know, uh, I have weaknesses. But you don't hear Carol saying, God, take away my weaknesses. You know, she's, she's not asking me to go. She wants me to hang around. Because her, her weakness, she is made perfect in her weakness. I'm just joking around here. <laughs> no, but like we do that all the time. God, take it away, take it away, take it away. That's what we pray. I'm going to show you something different, something even better. Now, first, you have to have truth. It says, you shall know the truth, right? You shall know the truth, and what will the truth do? It will set you free. It'll put you in a place, uh, it'll put you in a place where you are completely free. Okay, so first thing it says, you shall know the truth, okay? You can't know something you haven't learned. See, like, we just want to, we, like, okay, so here's, here's, here's my, here's my daughter. She's a little kid. She's a little child. You know, she's, she's in a place of freedom, but she, and she's, oh, my granddaughter, and she screams in the middle of a place. She doesn't know the truth. The truth, hey, that's not the way we act in our freedom. I want to show you a better way. And so now she has to learn, right? How does she learn? She has to learn from her father or her, or her parents or her granddad or whatever. She has to learn from someone who knows. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Do you know what I'm talking about here? I'm talking about the simplest thing in the world. The word is disciple. A disciple is a learner, which means we have to learn the truth. We have to learn the word. We have to learn who he is. We have to learn about him. Duh, he wrote a book. He took a long time to write it. Read it. Because you won't know the truth unless you learn it. So the first thing is to learn a truth. So you learn the truth. You become a disciple. You learn it. Now, I'm going to give you a hint here. It's going to help you out. It's going to help you out. If you learn a truth from God, if you learn a truth from God, and you feel condemned, you don't understand the truth. Okay? You're catching this now. Because what does the truth do? It sets you free. So it, I'm not saying that what you're learning is not the truth, but maybe how you're reacting to it. Maybe how you're receiving it. Maybe you're picking up a lie. And I know I told you guys to come out exactly at this time. But guess what? You're going to stand here for a little while. I love you guys because I'm not even close to being done. But it's okay. You guys hang. Just hang. Do the hang time. And if I want to get spiritual, I'll have you put the pads on, okay? All right. Just joking around, having too much fun, love being together again. So if you're receiving a truth and that truth does not set you free, you're not receiving it right or you're not getting the truth. Because truth does not condemn. Jesus said what? You got, you got two guys. Because every time you get a truth, two voices will come up in your head. Two voices will come up in your head. Remember the adulterous woman? There she is. She's done wrong. She's standing in front of the, the, the stoning squad, you know, and they're about to stone her. And what, what are those voices saying? 
You're condemned. You're no good. You're worthless. You're, 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 you, you, know, you deserve to die. That's one voice. That's what will happen when you get a truth a lot of times. Oh, it's a perfect truth, and I, I just can't live that. I, I'm just, wow, I realize that my life compared to the truth is so wrong. That's not setting you free. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is going like this, waiting, waiting until all the voices finally get still. Neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. See, he's setting you free. Jesus' truths always set you free. So if you're not getting set free from the truth, you're either not hearing the truth correctly or it's not a truth. Because God's truth will always set you free. Free to do what? Free to do whatever you want. Neither do I condemn thee. Now, you have a choice. Neither do I condemn thee. You have a choice. All things are permissible, but not everything is profitable. Maybe you don't want to go do what you just did. You're free to do it. But then you might end up back with two voices again, stones being thrown. Catching this, right? That's how you'll ever increase into glory, when you receive a truth and you let it set you free. All right? Boy, I'm never going to get to everything. I thought I was... That's okay. I'm going to give you one more truth. Uh, it's part of this truth, and then next week I'll give you the other truth. So I'm a little behind. So what? Because where are we going to go? We're just going to go to another truth. All right. Remember I said you need to learn how to celebrate in the, the presence of your enemy. I want you to think of uh, an old guy a long time ago. His name was Jacob. Jacob learned this lesson, and I, I just saw this. This was so amazing. I've been sitting all morning just meditating on this. When we got here, I still was meditating during worship. I kept getting more and more. So here's the story. Jacob was, Jacob was, uh, he was, he was, con, he was a con artist, you know. He, he was really bad at the beginning of his life. He knew how to, he got the blessing from his dad. He stole it from his brother. And he got the blessing from his dad, right? And his dad said, hey, I want you to go out, and I don't want you to marry a Canaanite woman. I want you to go out, and I want you to go find a, a good, if I, let me just say this, a good Jewish woman, even though that's not what happened. But, you know. So what does Jacob do? Jacob leaves. Now, he has no idea kind of what the journey ahead is. He doesn't have any answers, right? He didn't have, he's like facing mystery, okay? I'll talk about that next week, mystery, very important thing. It says, it says when he went out, he went to a place, he had nowhere to sleep, and there was a rock. I'm going to spiritualize this text, but I'm going to give you a good truth here. He took that rock, and it says, that rock became a pillow. Hard places need to become pillows for you. What is a pillow? A place of rest. See, we keep yelling to God, take the rock away! How about we let his glory so increase that the rocks become pillows? For us. Because when the rock becomes the pillow, what does Jacob do? 
he falls asleep. He's able to rest upon a rock. It's time that we start making Corona a pillow. It's time that we stop making our financial difficulties a pillow. Our relationships that are difficult, it's time we stop making them a pillow and we start resting right on the rock. Because what happens when he, when he starts resting? He starts dreaming. I'm telling you, those hard places that God is have you in, whether you put yourself there or he puts you there, or whatever those hard places are, wherever you are, those hard places, if you begin to rest in them, you'll begin to dream. And what does he see? He sees heaven. He sees heaven. He sees heaven. He sees angels ascending and descending. And it says, when he wakes up, when he awakes, what does he say? He says this. He says, well, I think I have it. I think I even wrote the actual verse so I sound, oh, yeah. He says, when he awakes, he says, but I was also afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. It is no other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. See, those rocks will become the very gateway heaven. Those rocks are the very place where God's presence dwells. That's why we can celebrate in the middle of the enemies. We can eat in the presence of our enemies. We can begin to celebrate. We can rest and we can begin to see heaven right in the place of hardness. And then what does Jacob do? What does he do? He takes the rock and he makes an altar. The very thing that we keep sometimes praying God take away becomes the very place in where we meet God. That is so beautiful to me. It's so amazing. That's why when we were saying, all your promises are yes and amen. You know, can you imagine Jacob on the rock? All your promises are yes and amen. I will rest in your faithfulness. Woo! It's time we start resting and making rocks pillows. Because when we do, the glory of God will begin to shine through us. We'll begin to see God. Because it says when Jacob woke up, he realized that God was there. Like God was already there. And then he realized that God was there. We need to wake up and realize that God is there. Already. In all your tough places. In all your rocks. God is God brought Jacob to that place. And then later, later, what happens to Jacob? Later, now he's almost in the same exact place, and now his brother is coming. He thinks he's going to die. 
And I've always, and it's funny because I've always said this. That's why I keep thinking of the two situations. In America, they have a phrase that, that Jacob, he couldn't go back to his father-in-law because he swindled his father-in-law, stole from him basically, right? And then he couldn't go forward because his brother was there, right? His brother was there and his brother, he had already stole from his brother, right? So we always say he's between a rock and a hard place. He's between a rock and a hard place. That's, what, that's the expression we use in English. He's between a rock and a hard place. What happens when he's in that place? It says that what? He wrestles with God and the very rock breaks him in a sense. The very difficult place breaks his hip. Breaks his hip. It breaks him. It breaks him. Let the rock break you. It's okay. It's okay. The promises are still yes and amen. Because when you break, guess what happens? You're an earth vessel. Earthen vessel. I like that Old Testament, old, old, old King James Version. You're an earthen vessel. You're just like this vessel of clay. And what happens when you break? The glory comes out. The glory comes out. And he finds out that his brother receives him. He finds out all this stuff. He becomes, his name gets changed to Israel. I mean, come on. What a beautiful thing, huh? Let the tough places become pillows. And even if it breaks you, let the glory pour out. Next week, I'll talk about mystery. How to walk in freedom in mystery.